0: What if everything we see as a pathology is actually a possibility? What else is possible with mental health? Hi everyone, Dr. Adriana Popescu here with you today with another episode of Kaleidoscope of Possibilities, Alternative Perspectives on Mental Health. And I'm really excited to have with me as my guest today, Nina Cruz. She is a certified conscious parent, coach, and social worker whose mission is to support parents in building healthy connections with their children. She does this through teaching them conscious parenting, where they heal their own childhood wounds so they can consciously raise empowered children. When a parent's inner world shifts, their outer world changes, transforming the parent-child dynamic from chaos to control to worth and connection. Parents who gain a new sense of awareness through inner transformation create a new blueprint for themselves and their children, and this is why one of Nina's greatest passions is to guide parents to do their own inner work so their children can be free to live out their authentic destinies. Certified as a conscious parenting coach, Nina integrates Eastern mindfulness with Western psychology in helping parents heal their ancestral legacies. Her expertise has allowed her to collaborate with experts around the globe. Welcome, Nina. Thank you,
1: Dr. Adriana, for having me.
0: Yeah, so happy to have you. And I would love to start, as I always do, with finding out a little bit
1: about you. um, What brought you to doing this work? Mm. Well, it kind of happened organically and divinely, I guess. Um, You know, I was always, you know, doing work supporting people. I was in the helping industry, did social work, did fitness, health and fitness, and I always had this question of like, why do people, you know, know what but they're not doing it? So I was always intrigued and curious, and also in my own life. Um, and then I became a mother, and my whole life kind of turned upside down. How I used to do life shifted. You know, now I had um, a baby, and um. You know, I came to the work really out of feeling like I'd lost my way, feeling like I'd lost my my inner knowing and I was just looking outside for all the answers and um, I came to conscious parenting uh, to do the work and start to go within and start to navigate my life from the inside out. And, you know, as we grow up as children, we're awfully often you know, at orientating from the external environment. So I'd always been interested in doing work and I was always doing develop, personal development and developing myself, but it wasn't until I came to parenting that I, you know, to the floor and said, I need some help. Uh, what I was doing, which was control-based, was not working. And my child, my greatest teacher, both of my children, mm-hmm. um, were showing me each day, reflecting to me that, if you come at me with control and hierarchy and, um, you know, this kind of energy that we will disconnect from you. And, you know, it's it's a beautiful journey with the ups, with the downs, with the chaos, with the calm. But I really came to find my children teaching me in every moment more about me and the more I looked at myself and, and instead of, Looking externally and blaming and being the victim and going, my child did this or whatever. I kept the practice of bringing it back to, how's that making me feel and what is that about me? What's happening inside of me? And that's where I noticed the shifts began with my children, and I wasn't doing anything to them.
0: Mm -hmm. Wow, Um, I love that. Yeah. So let's even start right with from the beginning. What when you say conscious parenting, what what exactly does that mean?
1: Yeah, well, consciousness is awareness, so it's bringing awareness to your parenting journey. And conscious parenting is flipping the mainstream model, which is hierarchical, and I'm the parent, all-knowing, and you're the child, and you will conform and follow what I say. Um, it flips the model that we're all learning from each other, and, you know, I'm, you're my greatest teacher, so it really turns that model upside down and... You're bringing awareness to the to every parenting moment of, but you're bringing the awareness to yourself. You're not focusing on the child per se. Um, you know, there's going to be different behaviors and things going on, but you're always turning the mirror and the point and swiveling it back to you, going, "What is that about me? What's coming up inside of me?" And this is where your own beliefs and um ancestral legacies and all of that starts to rise up to the surface and you are it's an unlayering process and you know unlayering of all the things that were never yours or not you at all um and your child is your awakener
0: Mm -hmm. let's Mm -hmm. lay out let's talk about that a little bit more because this is a this is a language i think that i also use in in my work Mm -hmm. is the taking on of other people's stuff and that's not just your parents Mm -hmm. And your immediate family, but it can mm, be. Mm. I mean, now with the study of epigenetics, we know that it goes back generations. That yeah, fact, yeah, the traumas and the experiences that our ancestors had uh, definitely impacts us.
1: Impacts us physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. Can mm, you more mm. about that? Yeah, well, I mean, we come to the world and we're um, programmed in our early childhood life first to three years are the critical years and then obviously first to seven are the main programming years um, for a child. Now, that's not to say, you know, know, blame yourself or feel guilty about, oh my gosh, I've programmed my child in a way that, you know, for lack, not good enough and all this sort of stuff. That's not, it's more of a wake-up call to go, you know, okay, what could I do right now? And you can always Become more conscious, and you can always shift in the moment right now. So that's where your power lies. But um, basically, um, you know, we we're marinated in a lot of conditioning. We we, we come with a, a blueprint. We're conditioned in a way. Generally, the, the mainstream way is lack and scarcity, and not enough, and perfection, and all different patterns that play out can play out in your life. And you'll notice, uh, you know, as a parent, what where you go to in your mind and then you how you feel and then what actions you take. There's there's a loop going on. Um and so you know that that is just how it is. We we have a inner child that is created in childhood and ego which is wrapped around the inner child that's protecting us. It's like a protective shell. And you know we're basically kind of born into the wrong orientation because you know and this is part of the journey that we wake up and we realize who we truly are so we're born into this orientation we're looking at biases we're externally orientated um and we have generational patterning occurring um but that when you wake up and you come to work whenever you do um that is the point of where you leaving that victim mentality that this happened to me and you know um we're at the effect of it like the law of cause and effect you're becoming the effect of everything and you take your power back because we're all powerful and we we can empower ourselves so it's kind of through that dysfunction and that conditioning that we actually can get to the gold of who we are and create the life we desire to live so you've got to go through the kind of shit show in a way <laughs> to get to the other side it's not like you can go say a mantra every day um i'm not you know i am this i'm this because if it's there and you're resisting it i guarantee you you're going to bring it closer to you and what you resist persists so it's coming show up it's more about accepting surrendering, um, and being with the feelings so a lot of the work i do is really allowing parents to sit with their own feelings because most of us grew up in a household that didn't allow feelings to be felt, expressed and go to your room. Mm -hmm. And and that is just the generational patterning of our parents couldn't deal with it. I mean, and and it just perpetuated down the pipeline. And now we have a new breed of children awakening the whole planet and they are different to, you know, you can't, there's plenty, most of the parents I talk to, they have a strong-willed child that will not do as they say and no punishment and <laughs> no control mechanism or strategy or tool will work on their child right. um and that's where the work begins um so yes you can have a, con- a child that conforms but right now is there's, there's a big shift happening and you know create a new creation children are really like no i want to change things this this shouldn't be the way and they're not necessarily consciously aware of this but a lot of parents are coming like to their knees, like, I don't know what to do anymore. The books tell me this, they say this. None of the tools and strategies they say are working. And I don't, I'm at my wit's end. What do I do? And so my work is to really get the parent to know thyself, understand themselves, and let go of the egoic agendas, of of all the ways we're trying to control, because. Control is basically another word for fear. We're just yeah. scared. We're living in fear. And when we can start to see our child as powerful and they are creating their life and, yes, they're going to gonna be things at school happening and, yes, there's, they're not going to be invited to the party, when we can see beyond that kind of illusion and be with them through these things and guide them and not try and um, avoid Feelings that come up, we are actually setting a great foundation for a really resilient, empowered child. Wow! There's so many Mm. things I want to rip off of with that. (laughs) But
0: but uh, you did say something about generational patterns, and I wanted to Mm. to a a little bit of a deeper dive into that. You you've actually used the term toxic generational patterns. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, What exactly is that? Can you give us like an example
1: for of what that could be for someone? Yeah, well, anything that's toxic is it's actually impacting your life. Uh, it's it's negative in a sense. Um, it's not supporting you. You know, it could be there a pattern of guilt, feeling bad about anything, you know, like guilt. Everything you do or you don't do with your child, you feel guilty um, or, you know, not being enough or scarcity model that even though you have more, you have more money and you have more whatever you're desiring, you're still feeling there's not enough. So these are the kind of patterns that we're just into. And, you know, you can look down your lineage and maybe see that, you know, um, your parents, your grandparents, um, you know, they would say things like money doesn't grow on trees, or, um, you know, be grateful for what you've got and finish your plate and eat all your food and don't waste it. And there's people in Africa starving, and you know all these conversations that happen. The child's creating a, a belief system, and you know the the voice in our child's head is is generally the voice, the egoic voice, of their closest, a parent or or a, you know step parent or whoever they've been around most. So that's going to be the dominant voice in their head, and then we as adults leave the childhood and believe all these voices in our head are really us. And so when you can really distinguish between your truth and who you really are and the noise of the ego, you free yourself. Then, you you know, the ego, the more you feed something, the more it grows. So often we're feeding it without being aware of we're feeding it. And you'll see it in your parenting journey Um, when, you know, I teach parents, you're parenting out of truth in your heart Oh, when are you parenting out of ego? And, you know, punishments, parenting out of ego, you know, go to your room, I'm taking the iPad away. That, that's not from the heart and that's not teaching. No. You know, the child's just thinking about how mean is my parent? They miss the lesson. They miss the lesson. You want them to feel what naturally nature is, is allowing them to feel or wanting them to feel. And when we go and swoop in, they miss the lesson. And, and um, you know, just feel poor me, my mom or my dad so mean or <laughs> whatever it might be. So, yeah.
0: Or they just make themselves wrong without yeah. really understanding. Mm-hmm. Like, mom is mad at me and I don't know why. I don't get it. She's mm-hmm. me. I'm a bad person. You know, I think this is yeah, exactly. Where- I'll use this term, core false beliefs. You know, mm, in, mm. in my work with people, because you know these, especially on a spiritual level, which I definitely want to explore more with you. But mm. we're that is not our essence. Our essence is not we're bad, we're wrong, we're not enough. But we come to mm. believe those things, and oftentimes yeah. we're getting those messages either directly or indirectly from our parents, our caregivers. Mm-hmm, you know? mm-hmm. And I and I see that if the parent was parented the same way, and they were parented by their parent before them in that same way, we're just perpetrating more shame and more of these core false beliefs that don't help anybody get anywhere in life. Is it that that kind of beliefs mm. going to stop those kids from being successful, which is not what the parent wants, right?
1: No, no, and you know, um, you know, belief in the word belief is lie. They're not. They're not true. They're. They're not the truth of who you are. And when you can start to separate, you know, some of these toxic beliefs, and, you know, of course, we can have great beliefs that are supportive, like my body is serving me and, um, you know, looks after me, you know, compared to, you know, like, um, my body is is working against me. So there's there's different, obviously, ways that you can believe them. Um, but with these beliefs, yeah, it can be internalized and then the child believes that they're not good and uh not good enough and then the ego jumps on that and will find all the evidence to support that yeah. in life. And um you know the the monkey mind it, we're training it every day. We're training mm-hmm. it, you know, oh wake up and I say I'm gonna do something, I don't do it. Well the monkey mind will jump on that. You don't follow through. You are a failure. You you know so when you become aware of the patterns, um, you know, as a parent that you've grown up with, and how they're playing out in life, and it naturally evolves. Like, question yourself. Like, why do I tell my child that, or why am I saying that? Where did that come from? And the more you can get curious with it, the more you can come at it with compassion rather than you know, shaming yourself about it. Yes. Oh, this is so
0: important. Mm. and the the thing that you were saying about um punishment i want to revisit that because i think this mm. is so key. I, I i don't i don't know where we first got this idea that we needed to punish our children and try to control them uh mm. that doesn't work it doesn't work with animals either in my experience <laughs> <laughs> For Anyone. Um, why do we do that? Like, why do we think that punishing or restricting is somehow going to make a child comply? Like, it-
1: yeah, yeah. Well, these are all part of the mainstream parenting model. It's it's fear and control strategies. So um, punishment, you know, is not teaching. It's it's taking away the teaching moment um, because when you have a felt experience inside and you've Done something maybe that wasn't okay, or you've crossed a boundary. You're gonna feel it naturally. Life will allow you to feel it. You're gonna feel it. Your consciousness will allow you to feel it. Um, and when we swoop in and punish, um, often punishments that parents make aren't even related to what what's yeah. happened. Yeah. But there are natural occurring consequences that happen, and that you can take advantage of that naturally occur. Um, without you imposing something onto the child. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, I I don't punish my children. I haven't. I don't think I've really ever punished them. Um, and, you know, we work through the challenges and often I throw it back to them. What do you feel we should do? What do you feel to do? Mm-hmm. Or I don't force them to say sorry or this. They'll say, oh, I should go and talk to her or, oh, I should... So it's coming from them. So trying to support your child to work from the inside out. What is, you know, what do you feel is your next best step or what, what do you feel um, we could do about this problem and that? The more we, we try and control, the more they shut down, that, you know, um, it really doesn't connect. Control actually disconnects. Yeah. So if you want to connect with your child and always have an open channel that they can come to you, um, often with punishment, the child will not want to tell you the truth because they're scared they're going to get punished. So that's that's the consequence of it. And that's a really big consequence because you don't want the child to feel like they can't talk to anybody about a big problem they may be having or, or something they've done that they need support working through.
0: Um, you know, we have a term in America, I don't know if you have it there in Australia, called helicopter parent. Mm-hmm. Yep, we do. <laughs> okay. So, you know, we have a lot of and it's so interesting because oftentimes it is the the highly successful, you know, somebody parents who've had success in their own lives, you know, they're high achievers, and and they often have this helicoptering style where they're just hovering over their kid and, you know, mm. monitoring their every move. And it is very much about control. I mean, that is definitely mm. And and their intentions are good, obviously. I mean, Mm, they're mm. for the child. They're trying to keep them from suffering. But I agree with you. I think when we do that, we're depriving the child of learning their own lessons Mm, and learning what the natural consequence is. If you stick your hand on the stove, it's going to hurt. You know, if you just tell them that, they they aren't going to get it. They may have to go through the experience of getting burned to understand yeah, yeah. that that's not a safe thing to do. I see sometimes these, the children of helicopter parents, you know, when they grow up, they kind of don't know how to function in the world because they've yeah. never really had to fend for themselves.
1: Yeah, and they're told what to do and what not to do. And this, this is where we lose our own inner, knowing our own inner barometer or guidance system. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the root of control is fear and anxiety. So the fear of being out of control, um, we go into control because, um, you know, and, and in the mix of it would be not enough because so what you do when you don't feel enough, you've got to overdo. You've got to, you know, um, go the next level. You know, you go overboard. Um, so this is where parent stops and that means stopping those kind of behaviours and patterns. And looks at what what is going on and then that's dealing with being with anxiety or being with the the um the fear because there there could be a fear that if I don't do this with my child then be this that's all future thinking many parents go down the rabbit holes
0: mm-hmm. and
1: that is where you bring yourself back to the moment you're only ever here now and this is the most powerful moment and and also with the the control the the child's then, yeah, is not sure of their place in the world and will look to others and get inspired. So when they know what feels right and they know what they feel to do and you support them in following that and you kind of like it's not hands off that there's no boundaries and consequences, but it's more like let's see what unfolds. Let's allow the child's natural unfoldment and and yes, we may need to go and be hands-on, and then we might need to let go. But the magic is the freedom that the parent receives and the freedom the child receives to just be themselves, to not feel that they have to measure up, not feel that they have to succeed in a certain way. Um, mm-hmm. And I always like to say, uh, you know, you can't get in the way of a of a caterpillar becoming a butterfly. It's yes. it's gonna get there, and we have The the societal conditioning and, um, you know, shoulds shoulds, or let's be aware of a should is conditioned um, of what you should be doing, shouldn't do. Um, We have this thing that we have to make them into something so they get a job and they get successful. Well, a lot of the successful people out there with a lot of money are very unhappy. Why? Because they're not following their truth and they're not doing what they desire to do. And they've gone on a journey and studied medicine or whatever they may have studied, and they're like, "Hang on!" They get to forty plus and go, "I didn't really want to do that. I actually want to go travelling, or I want to." So we have to trust, but that means not just trust your child. First person to trust is yourself, and trust that my child is powerful. They're creating their own destiny, and I and I I. Do not need to get in the way, and I do not to contour or or um, carve the path out of for them. They are going to find it their way, and if that means a messy room for a while, or you know, um, doing certain things, they're in our household, so we can support them and and come up with ideas and creative solutions together, and you know, see unfolds. Where the more we try and control, you actually it's like. You know when you're trying to force something slip out of your hands yeah so the more we lose them in a way and the more they lose themselves yeah. um so it's bringing it back to the parent bringing it back to well, where do i feel out of control in my life where and you know being with those feelings maybe something happened in childhood where you know something happened and you felt powerlessness being with those feelings means that you can support your child through whatever feelings they're going through, hold the space for them, and then the magic is you're no longer playing out those patterns because you've resolved the emotional legacy. You're, you've you've been with the emotion and it's not going to play out. The pa- same pattern with your child won't play out if you drop, like, the hold of it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> there's only we're one other person holding. Up. Yeah.
0: Yeah, if you're if you're doing um, war right you drop the rope
1: exactly exactly (laughs) i said with my dogs they're always tug of war like going on one of them lets go well there's no tug of war right exactly um there's a few things
0: i want to follow up on with what you said um one is super important which is um when you're not letting your child develop their own inner guidance system when you're trying to control Mm -hmm. There, and mm-hmm. and it's as simple as the you mentioned it before. Eat everything off your plate. You have to finish your plate because mm-hmm. there are children starving and all around the world. And and the thing is that does not honor the child's natural wisdom and knowing mm-hmm. their body's wisdom and knowing. Mm-hmm. Like maybe they don't need to eat that much. Maybe they just yeah. want you know a small portion. Of their body doesn't need to over. In fact, I know of a parent who. Um, would force the kid to eat and then the kid would vomit, you know, because it was yeah, too much yeah. The mother wasn't yeah. listening to signals that the child was done. They, they were done eating. Yeah. They, they know. They yeah. have innate wisdom. And I think parents forget yeah. that children have their own innate wisdom. They're not complete, complete idiots. We don't need to... Yeah, 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 yeah everything right they need to figure it out on their own and they already have a tremendous amount of knowing and when we try to control them they lose the connection with that knowing and they start to get stupid you know
1: exactly yeah and then they start to orientate you know orient with their peer group more so than their own inner knowing or not speaking up or you know and with with the food thing like you know one thing I also tell parents is don't get so fixated on what they, they're not eating in one day. Like take it over a week. Yeah. You know, they allow, see, see what they do, what's their cycle. Um, you know, they might eat in more more times, you know, depending obviously if there's an issue, you get that as a red flag, you get that checked out. But also it's like, you know, over time, I'm sure many of us parents have experienced this, you know, you're crying, you're upset, and they give you a low pop or they give you a sleep. It's like yeah. associating sweets and sugar with comfort. And then we have, you know, issues with our body image and, and you know, being problems. And, and so the more we allow our child's own innate wisdom to, um, you know, unfold and, and watch, so it's a letting go process and your shit will show up. When you let go and take hands off a little bit and let go and just allow them, you know, not like, You let them cut, you know, do a drawing instead of they have to be inside the lines. Like whoever said, why do you have to be inside the lines? Like (laughs) if they want to do a big mess, let them do a big mess. But we have all these ideas and, and conditions that our child should be doing this or they shouldn't be. And the more you can question that and then let go and allow, the more you know, you're going to only connect to your own magic, but you're going to allow your child's magic and innate knowing to, to rise. And that is where they feel empowered and that's where they feel resilient. And that's, that's all the goodness we want for them, but we're going at it the wrong way where we're doing what our, you know, ancestors did, which is focusing externally orientated when we need to go back to our inner orientation and knowing and birth things through that process.
0: You know, it's funny, as you were talking, it was actually reminding me of school. So I, yeah. I went to Catholic school for 12 years, even though I'm not even a Catholic. Um, <laughs> and, and I remember in high school, like, you know, they, they definitely gave you all the dogma and they taught it to you, but I remember in high school having like an ethics class and having classes where they were so much more, their priority was about Getting us to think for ourselves, to be young, independent women Mm. who would think for themselves. And yes, here's this belief system, and here's other perspectives, and let's debate. I mean, we debated things like abortion and euthanasia. Mm. You have the right to end your own life if you're in a condition, you know, debilitating Mm. condition. We would debate those things, and they weren't trying to push their agenda down our throat. They were like, here's the information you choose. What's true for you? help you become critical thinkers so that you can figure out your own path in life and i thought wow that was pretty progressive mm, that's so, awesome for that school and it is in the spirit i think of what you're saying and i and i'm very great yeah. that.
1: yeah Absolutely. that's awesome well yeah. when you look beyond like we live in a duality we live in a dual world there's a positive a negative there's an up down in out right wrong Mm-hmm. When you go beyond that, and that's a big part of the work as well for parents to get beyond the lens of right and wrong, good or bad, because, you know, what, and also what we focus on expands and, and what we focus on, we're creating our own experience. Um, and when the parent can see, you know, I often get parents to look at all the things that were good as a child when they were growing up, what was good and what was bad and what was, and, you know, and then look at right now with your child. You know where are you looking at them in through those lenses and when you can let go of the good and the bad you know there's a big thing about technology oh it's bad or it's Mm -hmm. good or it's when you can let go and start to show up in your own through your intuition and your inner knowing and that you know you were chosen to parent your child Mm -hmm. or your children and that you You're it, you're the best person for it. And no one, no expert is going to tell you what is the best thing for your child. You know it, you got to trust that knowing. And then you show up to the moment. You know, yes, you have boundaries, no phones or screens, you know, after eight or whatever, or in the room, bedroom. There are boundaries, but then you start to dance dance with it a bit more instead of having, you know, this rigidity, this black or white, good or bad. And, and you know, that's a lot of the work because we're so stuck in these rigid uh, rules and how things should be. And, you know, like um, I have parents, the kids swear. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And, you know, the more they don't want them to swear, what happens? Mm -hmm. The more they swear. And now, you know, they're only doing it at home. Yeah. So I'll talk to the parent and, you know, do you have a problem with it? No, not really. Mm -hmm. I don't. But, you know, their conditioning says it's wrong and da-da-da-da. And then they they let go and then the child stops doing it. You know, right. it's, it's like this is where um, you you start to see the part you play and the resistance you come to your child and the resistance they have. That It just becomes a mess. We have so much resistance. So when you come to the child in a new energy and a new lens or maybe let go of any of the lens and really true. You see what opens up. It's a whole new space and your child will feel it. They're so in touch and, you know, you don't have to say anything. They know what kind of mood you're in. They know where you're at. They, they know it and they're very wise and very in tune. They don't have as much baggage as we do, as much luggage carrying that they're carrying around. They're, they're um, you know, really present. And mm-hmm. then, you know, it, it totally shifts what they're doing. Yeah. And yes, there's going to be highs and lows and ups and downs, but you don't have to feel the high high or the low low. You can be more neutral about it, and come to the space of like, oh wow, what is this teaching me? Oh wow, my child did this. Okay, you know we're not so reactive. And mm-hmm. this is another part with parents: reactivity is a thing. Feeling is a big thing. Um, mm-hmm. We're not reactive. We're coming the space and we're open for a possibility endless possibilities of how could we navigate this we're not coming with a rigid I know you know uh, of a fixed idea we're open to what shows up and I'll may show you exactly the next step
0: you know I'm reminded as you speak of you know when they talk about going with the flow instead of against the current you know so I'm yeah. picturing quote And it seems like so many parents are in this power struggle with their kids and they're paddling their boat really hard upstream (laughs) to go against, you know, and control and all the things. Where if you just turned your boat around and let the river carry you, and you and Mm, your kid have a paddle and you're in this like collaborative thing together, which is really, to me about what you're saying. Is when you collaborate with your child and we're on the same team here and we don't yeah. know what's we're on the next bend in the river, but <laughs> we're gonna figure it out together. Yeah. How much easier yeah. that is for the parent and for the child.
1: Yeah. And it's a great opportunity for the parent to evolve, um, not only in their parenting life and be the best parent they can be, or, but in all areas of their life. And you know, have this deluded kind of um uh, what's it called? Uh, fantasy mm-hmm. of parenting. That you know, and then we're like, "Well, oh, my child yelled at me, or my child did this." Yes, they're going to do all this stuff. But we come to think that my child shouldn't yell at me. My ch- child shouldn't tell me I'm the worst parent in the world. But you know, they're reacting, <laughs> and so we have this this fantasy idea, fantasy child, the one that conforms and does. Follows the rules and stays in the lines, coloring in, and you know. And then we have, you know, fantasy of what parenting is about, and and this is the discrepancy is that they our ideal and what we 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 desiring is not matching our current reality. So you know, this is this is often we we get into victim, um, you know, mentality, and then we'll look at other people. I mean, they look at like so easy. Look at the pictures on Instagram and look at. They, their child cuddles them and kisses them. And, and we're only getting a snip of the parenting, their parenting journey. So it's coming back to reality that, that we are in this dual world and there is going to be a lot of stuff. There's, if you're not having problems, you're not in the world. There's going to be challenges. There's going to be ups and downs. And this is building muscle of resilience. And, and um, our child is watching us every step of the way. They may not listen. Maybe they're not listening to you, but they are watching every move you're making, and they're learning through who you're being. So this work is really about starting to know, uh, observe, and see and know yourself. Of how am I being? Right. What am I thinking about? What do I think about my child? Am am you know? Am I having this desire? I wish I had a different child that was more compliant and make my life easier. Like what is going on underneath? The hood yeah. and then that's the place to empower you yes. um but when you do that work the, the external shifts your internal shifts the external shifts along with you yeah. so and it is not punishing your child and and there'll be many magical moments you'll be blown away going oh my god i I, I just did this one day, or I did the work, and then all of a sudden, you know, your child's doing something that they've never done before, or they're saying something to you, and you're like, wow, it's magic, and it is magic. I'm, I'm struck by so much of what you're saying,
0: particularly around the fantasy kind of delusional stuff. Mm. Um, you know, I have my own experience where my mother would say to me, you know, I wanted to be a mom from when I was 13 years old, and I think you know, I was in her mind, the solution to her problem of maybe loneliness, mm. She you a, mm-hmm. a only child and whatever. There were a lot of things, traumas and things that happened in her own life. And I think she thought I was going to be her best friend. I was going to be her everything. And I have to say, I was aware of that and I resisted it. It felt mm-hmm. needy, it felt clingy yeah. and it made me want to be even more independent and push away from her, which I know hurt her. And it wasn't mm. my but
1: I was reacting to what she was projecting onto me that I didn't want on me. Exactly, and that, that's what happens. Um, one really important point is that when you begin the work, you you come to realize, and you know, it's kind of like a premise that you know you don't meet your needs through your children, and you don't yeah. meet your needs through anyone. You meet your needs, yeah. and that's not to say you can't ask for support and help but you're no longer trying to meet your need through your child. So if they don't say I love you or kiss you or they actually say, you know, don't want you to kiss them or whatever, that you respect that and that's then that brings up something in you, then it's time to look at that because that's not about you and knowing that any kind of trigger you're experiencing in your life or as a parent has nothing to do with your child or the external empowers you to know where do I need to do the work okay something happened you know my child said this and I'm triggered and the child it's not about the child so so often you know in in mainstream parenting it's it's what's wrong with the child the behavior we need to fix change prove it we need to do something the child this work is not about fixing changing or proving it's not about the belief that you're broken and you need fixing because you know if you need to fix something there's inherent belief that there's something broken. Right. Um it's really starting to create um you know in in a new model a new way of being and releasing the past as I said before you've got to go through your dysfunction your staff patterns your your um, beliefs to get to the goal to get to the magic and this is like alchemy you know you've got to alchemize that you've got to feel some feelings that because your child will bring you to your knees from past feelings in your childhood. It's not about, it's not in the current moment what you're feeling. If you feel powerlessness with your child, it's something happened earlier. And yep. they're just giving you the invitation, like, and opening the door, you know, like so the window or whatever. And you got to open the door and go in. And that's where the magic happens that you releasing the child, they're just being a child. They're not going to say everything nice to you. (laughs) And it's never about the external, right? I mean,
0: we could apply that to a work situation or a relationship, Mm -hmm. you know, of some sort. It's never about the other person. It's about what wound have have they tapped Mm -hmm. into? What unhealed Mm -hmm. wound do I have that's activated right now? It's nothing to do with them. They're acting from their own wounds, you know? Yes, Um, yes. About where and and I think people just don't understand that a lot of what I try to do, especially with the podcast and and just putting all the things that I put out there in the world, is around educating people on trauma. People think Mm. that the painful or traumatic experiences you have earlier in your life, you should just get over it, move on. Mm. It doesn't work like that. Trauma gets locked in the body. It changes the way you see yourself. It changes the way these beliefs often come out of traumatic mm-hmm. experiences of I'm not enough or I'm unlovable or I'm a bad, broken mm. person. Yeah. They come from those experiences. And if you're not conscious about it, those ex- it's going to keep running you
1: for the rest of mm-hmm. your life. You have to go back and do the work to heal. Yeah. yeah, definitely. And, you know, if you have an emotional child or a child that's very expressive and um, gets upset if you haven't done the work, then you can't sit with their feelings. That's when you want to shut off. That's all right. Don't worry about it. That, that's not that big. And you dismiss their experience. So, you know, and we're all after like emotionally intelligent children, but we're doing this day to day my child feel expecting, you know, resilience and emotionally intelligence.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: um when you bring it back to okay I got to sit with my feelings. So that means like when something comes up and you're triggered, it it doesn't have to be in the moment because obviously you've got a parent and you might have to deal with things, but if you go back to it. What was that about? You sit with that feeling, you be with it. The more you be with it, it, it releases instead of resisting it, going to Netflix, ignoring it,
0: mm-hmm. having a
1: wine, ignoring it, trying to suppress it, the more That's you true. suppress, gets repressed <laughs> and um. It will come up. It'll keep coming up until you know the universe is like. Quick! I told. I showed you this. This is an invitation. You didn't get it. Let's see what next invitation. You know, just keep um, trying to guide you back home to yourself. So, being able to look at your child in a new way and go, "Wow, my child is is my awakener. They're here to grow me up, not I'm to grow them up. They're growing you up," yeah. and go, "Wow, this this is an opportunity." Um, it, it can completely transform your life and your child's trajectory of their life. I fully agree. This is such valuable
0: information. Nina, if people want to find out more about what you're up to, because
1: I think you have a lot of different options, yeah,
0: tell us about that and tell us
1: where people can find you. Yeah, well, I'm on most of the social media channels, Um Instagram uh, at Nina Cruz Coach, uh, Facebook, uh, Nina Cruz Conscious Coaching. I've got a group, um, private Facebook group called Conscious Creators Collective. And then I've got my website, Nina Cruz And I um, on Instagram, I'm um, not Instagram, um, LinkedIn uh, as well. Uh, and then I've got some freebies on my website. You can go to um, the free offers. Um, there's a couple of days of presence program that you just uh, put your email in, in address in, and you get a small paragraph for twelve days uh, to to start to refocus, like start to um, become present and start to you know live in the moment. You know, when we're in the past or in the future, we're not present, and our children are really you know asking for us to be present, like mom, are you with me, mom, be with me here, or and um, the gift we can give t- to them and ourselves. Uh, and uh, on my website I also have two books I've collaborated, or three actually, three books I've collaborated with with other authors and parents. One is in the U.S. it's called No Problem Parenting um, and one is in Australia, the other two in Australia, Navigating Motherhood and uh, Letters to My Son, which is more of a compilation of advice and letters that parents, grandparents, they wish they they wanted to share or impart to their children. Oh, that's lovely
0: well thank you so much for being with us today this this has been a gift you've been a gift and thank you and you are a gift to your children they're very fortunate to have
1: you <laughs> um, they won't you, say that all the time they won't say that <laughs>
0: yeah. we will appreciate that um, yeah
1: yeah um that's any
0: right. final thoughts you want to leave us with or final you know a uh, message for for those who've stuck it out and been with us the whole yeah. time
1: look you know uh i think you know just start to listen to those little inner knowings. so you know if this you'll feel called to do some work you just take take some action um you know and start to follow your own innate knowing you know our children are only with us in their childhood for a really small amount of time. And you know, most parents will say, oh gosh, it just goes so fast. You know, they're teenagers or they're 18, they're leaving home or and that that is the wake-up call. That is the wake-up call. You know, how do you want to feel or look back on your child's childhood? Do you want to feel that you you are present, you're available, you you um were really showed up for yourself and for them. Um, and we're creating these moments and, and memories with them right now. So now is the moment, um, you know, to really create something special. Beautiful. Yeah.
0: Thanks so much for being with us today. Um, Thank you listeners and watchers for being with us as well. Um, If you really have enjoyed this podcast, please do share like rate comment do all the things so that we can get this information out there in the hands of more people and stay tuned for our next episode of kaleidoscope of possibilities alternative perspectives on mental health bye everyone thank you for joining me for this episode of kaleidoscope of possibilities alternative perspectives on mental health this has been dr adriana popescu if you enjoyed this episode please like and subscribe and share with others To find out more about me, my guests, and more, please visit my website at adrianapopescu.org. See you next time!